Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vanity Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Kirk. And I'm your second host, Elijah Evans. And yo, man, we have a very, very special guest today. We have someone who I've been following her for about a few years now. Um, and she actually has been very motivational for me when it comes to running. Because as some of my closest friends know, you know, I go running on a, you know, typical consistent basis. And she's someone who definitely has really, like, inspired me in terms of, like, being able to join like a run club or just go out and just challenge myself and everything in that aspect, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really just been paying attention to her work. Um, she also does a bit of modeling as well. Um, and it's really just, you know, a great opportunity to have her on today. And so with that, I'm gonna let my guest introduce herself. Um, yeah, well, I'm Julia, Julia Meyer, um, born and raised in Queens, New York, but my mom, my family, uh, my origin, my background, my ethnicity, if you will, um, I'm Brazilian and Italian as well. So have had a bit of travels myself there, have the dual citizenship going on, but yeah, Queens, Queens. <laughs> Queens, that's tough though. Queens in the building. I've always wanted to go to, have you been to, yeah, I'm sure you've been to Brazil, have you, have you been there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I used to send my yeah, summer I there, wanted to so go. I speak Portuguese. I want to go so good. bad. Yeah, I want to go so bad. I want to go to Rio. It's a little so paralyzing <laughs> for me because people say it's like so dangerous, but nothing ever has happened to me personally, but it's definitely a place where like yeah. your windows are tinted and you're not putting your windows down. <laughs> Yeah, you oh, you uh, can get got. You will get got if you're not you I got got actually. I'm not actually. That was a lie. I yeah. <laughs> last time I went, um, I was on the Ipanema Beach in Rio, and some guy took my like smallest chain. I didn't even have the pendant on it, so like you can't even see the chain like on the zoom yeah. right now. Like it was that small, and he just ripped it off me. And my friend was with me. Oh, shit. Did he just slap you in the face? I was like, no, he definitely took my necklace, but it's fine. Just keep walking. Don't look back. Oh, yeah. 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 But that was he the just, worst like, of it. Just snatched it and was just like, oh, cool. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Damn. Broad daylight, you know? But, you know, Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do what you got. <laughs> I guess you, you know, when you're down bad, you do what you got to do, including stealing stealing chains, stealing yeah. chains. I feel was next, bro. Next, no. next, it's crazy. Oh well. And so, growing up, growing up in Queens, right? For you, what was it like growing up? Like, what were some of your early interests? Um, so this is a difficult one for me. I was pretty sheltered as a child, um, although I did travel and hang out with my family a lot. Um. But I never was committed to anything specific. Like, I remember being in gymnastics and then doing piano lessons and disliking piano and then uh, being asked to, like, having to do another instrument. So I played the flute for, like, another year after that. And then it was, like, dance class, but nothing too specific. Um, at the same time, I, I'm pretty glad that that happened because I was able to dabble in a few random things, essentially, and kind of figure out who I was along the way through trying different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's like being, like being a kid, you just have to do kind of everything. Yes and no. I mean, like, I feel like some parents are like, you're going to do this one thing and you're not going to say anything. Or maybe like by high school, kids were doing all of the sports because the seasons change. But I actually went to performing arts high school, so that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. The athletic stuff didn't kick in until much later in life. Yeah. That's funny. I also went to like a um, an arts 
in arts high school, but I I don't play any sports. So that's not true. I, I'm I'm on the tennis courts. Okay. I'm in the pool. Yeah. Hey, no. Hey. Oh man. Oh man. So, like, when it comes to you, just like growing up, like creatively wise, would you say like who inspired you more so, like creatively? Creatively, I think it was like a lot of what I was seeing on TV, um, and what I was listening to vicariously through my friends, um. So, as I mentioned, I was private schooled, and then um, basically my private school only went up to sixth grade, so then I landed in public school, and it was always this visceral thing, even when I was private schooled and quite young, being kind of scared of the public school system, so when I landed there, I'll never forget, theater was like the only thing open, so I was in this theater class, and I came in, and the theater teacher was like, Destiny, can you read this? And she Mm -hmm. couldn't even read. And I was like, oh, damn, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, like, Destiny was listening to some fire music. I was like, oh, damn, my mom does not let me listen to this. I was finally like, what's Degrassi? I was like, what bubble Mm -hmm. was I in for the last 12, 13 (laughs) years of my life? Um, Which was great. So, I mean, like, I mean, before that, of course, who wasn't watching, like, Spice World and listening to NSYNC and like Mm -hmm. obviously I was like with my little cassette CD players and stuff um listening to um you know like Britney Spears and stuff like that but then I was like introduced to like the entire real world of hip-hop and Mm -hmm. you know it was funny because I was kind of a wallflower simultaneously so I was lucky enough and I don't think I realized until much later how much I was exposed to because of that. You know, I had friends that were like Russian listening to some crazy Russian music. And then I had my friends mm. that, you know, lived in the projects and I was in the projects growing up thinking nothing of it aside for like, this is pretty cool. I'm really high up, like on the 32nd floor mm. of, <laughs> of wherever yeah. it was. And then, you know, walking eight blocks back to my house, which is also the great thing mm. about Queens and New York in general. Like you can, again, eight blocks, like you're, from the projects to like a pretty decent, nice apartment building. And then another two blocks over is like McMansions and, mm-hmm. you know, Forest Hills Gardens and stuff like that. So, um, right. all that to say kind you, of, everywhere. yeah, you mentioned, um, being a kid and like being in the projects and like being thinking in your head, like, Oh, like I'm just like so high up on in this building. It's just like, that's cause that's just like a beautiful thing to like only a child. Yeah has that kind of wonder in their eyes to like not even be like, oh no, this is sick because I'm just so high up. I can see far out, you know, and, and not really know about, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Damn. No, that's crazy. And yeah. so when it comes to everything you're doing now, right, I'm very curious to know um, where like your parents, <laughs> when it comes to your parents, like were they like athletic at all? Were like they into running or how did you like, Cause I want to kind of know because it's different for, for me at least. Like growing up, were you into doing sports? Like were you doing sports in like high school and things of that nature? No, 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 no. Yeah. No. So I was like asthmatic, uh, in the spring. As soon as the pollen was hitting, I was like with a nebulizer on my face. Like, no, mm-hmm. not have me outside simultaneously. Oh, wow. Um, I would spend sometimes some of my summers um, with my family in Vermont on my dad's side. Um, 
And they were just super into athletics to the point where I was a little bit jarred. Like my cousin was like a horse mm -hmm. girl and like they're like second degree black belts um, in Taekwondo. Wow. So I was like, oh, there's like no competing mm. with this. But it was fun to just right. like be in the woods and stuff. But but yeah, I was pretty sheltered and very scared, honestly, of athletics. And then I think when mm. I got to high school, I went to a high school in Manhattan. So we shared the building with a lot of, of other schools. And so the times for mm. volleyball and stuff like that were like 5 a.m. And so I was just like, I'm not doing that. Like, I have to travel to yeah. Manhattan to start school. Like, no. So um, mm. it just it just wasn't a thing until... I think I got to college and I was like, damn, I can't even do a, a push up. And I got really into fitness. Mm. So that's what that's what it was. It was you getting to college and realizing cause it's, it's always so like it's so funny. I have girlfriends and it's like um, uh, I'll tell them like, like, dude, like I'll make a bet. And if they lose, like you have to do a push up and like they can't do a push up. Do one that push shit up, right? blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, that shit yeah. blows my mind. Like, how can you not like just one push up? So, yeah, it's interesting that like you got to college and you were like. Because it's, it's, I also like got to college and started working out like a, like more seriously, and um, yeah. So that was what it was. You just like realize I'm not as healthy as I could be. So let me just go crazy. Yeah, it was like, uh, well, yes, that, and it was kind of a shift. I went through um, transferring colleges. Actually, I mm. was upstate at a good school, but I decided to go to FIT instead. And it was like during that transition that I spent a lot of time I think trying to figure out who I really was quote unquote mm -hmm. and um <laughs> I make this joke sometimes like you know some people like start going to church to like figure out who they are and other people become like addicted to other things I think for me mm -hmm. um I found the gym and it was something that was so physically visceral as you obviously can understand mm -hmm. um to see the feedback in my progress versus like, I don't know, for me, that's great to be spiritual and Christian and go to church and stuff. But I don't know what the actual uh, growth for that is to see mm. aside from me memorizing the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> um, I get you. So for me, so for me, it's like, wow, like I could see myself getting stronger and it was like something super positive that I was putting into myself and getting back that mm -hmm. kind of like i won't say i became addicted but was kind of like okay like this is making me feel better mentally and giving me something positive it's a positive outlet i can do it in various ways with my friends and you know made friends in the gym and stuff and so it was just like kind of my safe haven um and then after that um you know through covid and stuff i mean i, I know you guys will probably ask a little bit about that later but it was basically through covid that this whole shift happened and really took it to the next level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now you hinted at of course within being in college and you you know getting finding yourself in terms of like getting into more fitness and everything now when it comes to the work you do you do because i saw and did some research that you do a bit of like brand management so mm -hmm. When you were in school, did you take necessarily like courses that kind of relate to the work you do now? Right. Yeah. Well, what yeah. did you major in at FIT? Yeah. So I was um, a fashion business management major. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. went to FIT, as I mentioned. So 
within that, I thought I was going to be learning like how to run a business, but I was learning a lot of retail math and essentially how to be a buyer. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I wasn't into that. So I spent all of my free time now that I was in the city, um, finally, like, basically taking every chance I could at what the fashion industry was all about. So I, I spent, um, my first year interning doing what I thought I wanted to do, um, which was, uh, just like a lot of like PD and CAD stuff. And it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I transferred into retail marketing, which was kind of similar to PR because you're basically setting up what the stores are going to be doing. And this was at theory, um, right. when we still had like paid internships and stuff. And so it was really cool. It was like kind of at the heyday of working with influencers and stuff. So I remember I hired like Hannah Bronfman and her husband to like DJ at the new store opening. And I was like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So just kind of things like that and really understanding, I guess, more so how our world works. Um, and I say our world because I know we run in similar circles. Um, mm -hmm. And so just getting a taste of that before I graduated to finally land um, what I have been doing, which to what you guys mentioned is brand management, um, social media marketing and like new business endeavors, basically like trying to make the right partnerships happen and, you know, push the business forward. Mm -hmm. Since you've been out of school, have you like noticed a shift in like social media? Has it taken? Is it still as serious? Is it more serious? Is it less serious? Um, do you see it? Do you see like Instagram? Or do you see anything changing? Like, I just want to know from an expert. <laughs> from an expert, um, I think it's yeah. just that like different platforms should be used for what the platforms give, if that makes sense. And that's kind of I mm -hmm. think why people have been making these jokes about like what is Instagram anymore because they take on everything that uh, everything else that exists for example like even our stories are basically like what Snapchat is but Snapchat has evolved mm -hmm. in and of itself to have like these like mini shows on it and stuff like that um funny enough mm -hmm. the other day um my friend she's a director and and we were working on like a reel and I was like oh did you know that you can actually like find all these really great graphics and stuff on Instagram that you can just kind of like copy paste for your own work. And she's like, what are you talking about? And there's an entire like yeah. creators hub on Instagram um, that I think is super useful if you do need some inspiration and, uh, and just like kind of falling into that hole in and of itself. She, she didn't know it was there. So we spent like another half an hour just like getting sucked into the black hole of different stories and videos and how people cut and edit their work. Right that's just instagram and there's facebook i think that or meta i should say right um mm -hmm. that in my opinion like sure you need to have like your facebook meta page but in the end of the day i think facebook it, at least for business purposes is only being used to to gain visitors and it's almost like your business backing if that makes sense because you're putting all your paid mm -hmm. ads there but like that's kind of it um so yeah. on and so forth right. For example, for me, for my opinion on Snapchat is that it's like the 18 and younger crowd, like mm -hmm. Gen Z is using that stuff right. um, and and maybe even getting a little bit more almost backwards, like history repeating itself, um, mm -hmm. like Tumblr's comeback and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Just a lot of interesting things, but I have heard riffs that the entire quote-unquote influencer world is coming to a close, because, I mean, you can't have influencer, mega-influencer, micro-influencer, micro-micro-influencer, yeah. so, like, let's see, but I'm, I'm kind of excited for that to explode and onto yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder what's gonna what all these influencers are gonna do. They didn't buy all these mansions and buy all these cars. <laughs> influencer like, houses. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, well, what's... that's the other thing. I never even mentioned TikTok, but like the TikTok creator homes and mansions that all of these yeah. children live in—it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, quite the world we found ourselves in. Quite the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. It's such a strange thing. No, that's a fact. Um, so I want to kind of like dial it back to the running aspect of everything as well. Um, so you mentioned that time of like COVID, right? And so when did you necessarily get into being like, I want to say consistent when it comes to your running like routine? Yeah. So like, being like, okay, day to day, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So what had happened was um, <laughs> it was coming up on my 25th birthday and I was going through like a quarter life existential crisis because of COVID and everything happening. And I was like, I am going to run a marathon when I'm 25, like period. That'll be great. And that never happened. <laughs> I was too scared. I never was a runner again. Like mm. I was always in the gym picking things up and getting stronger that way. Like I was definitely a pick things up and put them down girly, like pretty strong mm. squats and stuff, but no purpose. Yeah it um and kind of like a muscle head if you will like i was like oh damn am i about to like start taking protein and all this shit like yeah <laughs> and then like what protein and oh it was it's a it's still a rabbit hole in and of itself but mm. um what happened was when covid hit i was lucky enough that i landed at this physical therapy practice called motive and why that was looking for a social media manager and so i was freelancing for them and they again physical therapy practice it's not what you might think when you think physical therapy is in like you're hurt and you need to get rehab it was more prehab so um I saw a lot of Peloton instructors coming in at the time. They had a partnership happening with Adidas and specifically like Adidas runners. So it was more like my aha moment of if not now, then when. So I really took advantage of the fact that mm -hmm. I had all of these pros around me. And if I was hurt or feeling down or needed to ask a question, even all of these people were around me to do so. And, um, it was coming out of COVID when the New York marathon happened again after being canceled, um, that like my mm. boss and one of the co-founders ran the marathon with his fiance and like some other friends of mine that I had made all did it. And I was like, okay, nah, like I'm playing games. It's now or never. So yeah. one of them was like, just sign up for the next marathon and I'll write your program. So that's exactly what I did. I signed up for the Brooklyn marathon, yeah. which was April, 2022 and um yeah i basically from november to december i spent my time like really scared and then january hit and i was like all right like yeah. time to get going and so i trained basically to train for a marathon it's 16 weeks so i went through that 16 week program of trying 
um, and doing my best week over week. But I kid you not, I was very scared because it was the week before the marathon and I was, it was like my longest run essentially. Um, mm. <laughs> and it was only like 15 miles and I was like, I am dying. How am I going to do 20, yeah. 26 of these damn things? Uh, wow. Yeah. And so when I finished that marathon, I finished. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, great. It's off my checklist. Never doing that again. Like mm. the amount of pain I was in, unreal. Yeah. Couldn't That's, walk. I, have I was some like ways. the person on the train just with the pole trying to stand yeah. up. Couldn't stand up alone. It was awful. Uh, yeah, I've got buddies who they ran one that we have one here called Sham Shamrock. Is what yeah, it's Shamrock. And um, yeah, just like you don't think you have to like recover after that, and just imagining like how sore your legs are, and like it's right. just, that makes me that alone makes me not want to really do it. Damn. Just being right. like, the recovery part. Yeah. Right. And then, but it's so funny because again, still being in close ties with motive, they had, um, their homies from undefeated LA come out and they hosted something like a workout week. Um, I want to say mm -hmm. a month after that marathon. And one of the events that they had during that week was with rage and release. And it was a shakeout run for the Brooklyn half. And I was like, all right, Right. Like I've been going to all these events. I guess I'll try. Like I have run a marathon at this point. Like, mm. oh boy. But they also had to convince me. They were like, yeah. come on, like you got it. And I was like, all right, it's a shakeout run. It's only like a 5k or in my opinion, what a, sh what a shakeout run is, which is usually a 5k. But funny yeah. enough, my first, um, experience at rage was this quote unquote shakeout run that ended up being six miles, which is already basically Jesus. half of what uh the, what the brooklyn half was so i was like damn I'm like right. kind of crazy these people are kind of nuts right but i was keeping yeah. up i was kind of close to the front and everybody was just like super supportive and so it was the founder ty who was like you should come back like you did pretty well like if you want to keep running mm -hmm. come through and i was like okay and i did and I, i've since yeah. then a lot of friends i've obviously run so many other marathons which i think is kind of like what people might have like uh, i guess like noticed me from because it ended up that the rest of that year i ended up running two more marathons so my first year of quote-unquote running i ran three marathons and then this year i've already run like three ultras and a marathon so you, you ran, you ran it's kind of crazy yeah, so at the top of this year, um, I ran LA, the LA Marathon, and then I came back and did an unsanctioned race called OSR 30, Orchard Street Runners, which is a 30-mile, um, as I mentioned, unsanctioned run around uh, New York City, which ended up actually being 35 miles. And then yeah. shortly after that, Motive started this um this yeah. relay race essentially that's like three days sort of like the speed project but on the east coast um mm. where you run the entire empire state trail so from canada all the way to battery park in manhattan so hell no of that. <laughs> hell no okay it's like, i all think right. they call it southbound 400 because it's approximately 400 miles and so you mm -hmm. do a team. so i ran Jeez, that okay. and then yeah yep
Hey, I'm glad you can do it so I don't have to. You feel me? Okay, so yeah. I certainly have a question. So for myself, right, I've yet to do a race. Like, I've never done a race. Not not even a 5K, 10K. Not even, like, a half marathon. I've done half marathons by myself, just, like, okay. alone. But, like, I've never yet to do, like, a race or, like, a marathon. And I eventually want to, like, one of my goals is to run New York City Marathon. Like, that's, like, a goal of mine. So, like, in terms of preparing for it, like you were mentioning, you said it's like a 16 weeks. In that 16 weeks, what necessarily were you keying on in order to prepare for that? I mean, everything. I think a lot of runners that you'll see that are like runner runners are only running and maybe doing a little bit of strength training. But I really like to focus on the strength training aspects as well as the running. Like you're running like mm. I do on a Tuesday night for maybe five, six miles um and you'll have different kind of variations of runs so you might just have like that tempo run where you're trying to keep the same pace you might have a slightly longer run where you're playing with your speed work um then you'll have a proper track day where you're like repeating a certain distance to basically um propel your body into understanding how to like speed up and slow down and what your gears are and what your approximate times can be and also helping your body get faster. And then like every weekend on a Saturday, you'll have what's called like your quote unquote long run, which week over week gets a little bit longer. And then right before the marathon, you taper it down a little just to give your body a little bit of rest. And then comes the big day. Mm. But there's different variations of it, too. Like, different coaches will tell you to do different amounts of running. Um, some people will tell you to do it by mileage over week. Um, some will tell you to do it by time. So maybe, like, your first four weeks, you're only running for, um, like, 45 minutes or half an hour. Right. And like, incrementally, you'll build that up and then, as I mentioned, taper it back down. Mm. Damn. All right, so it was. Yeah? You going yeah. to do it now, Kenny? Oh, of course. Let me know. I'll send you a program. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. No, that, yeah, for real. No, for real, though. <laughs> um, so, you, uh, I know you brought up Rage and Release, right? So, yeah. talk about, for, any, for the audience at home, like, what is Rage and Release and, like, what has been your affiliation with the group as well, like, since you started with them? Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned, um, I started not even knowing about it or that, let me not say that. I was going to say that run, I didn't know that run groups existed and crews existed, but um, I certainly did. I was just really scared to go to any of them. Um, but it's, it's more than a run crew. It's really a brand that is, you know, cannabis friendly, cannabis positive, not forceful. Um, let's make that clear. Cause some people are like, do you have to like safe before the run? Do you really do that? And we're like, you can, mm. if you want to, but nobody's forcing you. Like we are not forcing you to mm. do drugs. <laughs> let's make that clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is a collective that is backed by athleticism, of course, but we do different events either quarterly, um, or weekly that have to do with your mind, body, spirit, essentially. Um, and really helping mm -hmm. people within the community understand that they too can do what I'm doing or what Ty does or what Lauren does and Tam, which are these crazy races. Um, and it's not even just, you know, races. There's different kinds of performance things like high rocks and, and things like that mm -hmm. that people can totally take part in. Um, but yeah, that's basically what Rage is. It's this great collective of people coming together in the name of fitness and beyond to better themselves 
Um, so, and, and so yeah, I started basically as a fan, as just somebody who was coming for the weekly Tuesday runs, and um, I got really close to to a lot of them and and the core members and as I mentioned, founders tie. Um, and there was a slight shift that happened. And so what happened was I ended up kind of like taking like a step up. And so now I am under him as a brand manager. So everything from oh, events. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. It's, it's really fun. And mm. at the same time, it's, it's what I want to give my energy to, if that makes sense. Like, because I know mm. what his vision is for it in the next, you know, two, three, five years. I would love to be a part of that, and I'm grateful that I am a part of that, and and I get to help build what it already is. It's already been around for, uh, oh my gosh, six or seven years, and so, you know, like let's see what happens when the tenth year anniversary comes around. So, uh, so make sure I heard it correctly. It's a it's a run club, but you guys are also blasting joints before the run. Is that absolutely? <laughs> Hell yeah. That sounds like a run club. I could be a part of <laughs> Right. No, that's, I definitely, that's, before that you mention that, because I definitely have done a run of being <laughs> kind of, being sewn before, and it helps me zone out. And I can just, like, yeah. focus on the run and nothing around me. I'm not worried about my breath. I'm not worried about my legs hurting. I'm just zoned out. You should yeah. try. You that's, might, might, so yeah, that's exactly, yeah. I, I'm really happy you said that, because that's really exactly it. Um, let me be clear in that we're not like blazing up and getting yeah, yeah, yeah. out of our yeah. face. And uh, uh, to my point that I made, uh, it's not like forceful by any means. But yes, we do have a few blunts hanging around. If you mm. still feel like smoking, we do have a partner that comes week over week that also has drinks um, with THC and CBD in them. And a lot of our partners that we work with um have products that have CBD in them. So also like it's really educating on the cannabis system as a whole as well, mm. especially because with a black founder and, you know, as you can understand with incarceration of cannabis mm. and all of that, we try to be a positive mm. force in that and teach that, you know, it's not just this negative thing and really break negative stigmas around mm. it. Um, because it is something that has helped a lot of people positively yeah. to your point, like, being able to think a little clearly or maybe not focus on how much pain you might be in or perceived mm. pain um, because you've like, what, taken two hits of like some weed? Like, great. Like if that's mm. going to make you run better, why not? Um, simultaneously for recovery, like we work with weed sport, which has CBD in it, which is great for like recovering your muscles and there's yeah. like, bath bombs and stuff like that. And um, joggy, which has like CBD tinctures and stuff. So all of those things combined, again, as I mentioned, mind, body, spirit um, mm. are super helpful, you know, to help you meditate, to help you get better rest, to help you recover, to be a better runner and athlete. So mm. just really educating on all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. You mentioned Wheat Sport. Shout out to them. That's really. Wheat Shout Sports out to really, them. Yeah, they're really, really cool. Um, I love how, you know, like you mentioned, it's such a negative stigma behind it, but there's so many health benefits that it's crazy that you yeah. can't just like, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but yeah. You know, and government got to make their money some kind of way. So yeah. And just talking, <laughs> hearing you, hearing you talk about your experience with like rage and release, like I want to say it was a month ago, I joined a run club and like, I just noticed how like in terms of my own, like 
being around these old, all these other people who are, you know, into running like the same as me and like just seeing them wanting to like see you do better, you know, it's just right. like a great thing. And then also when I go on my own runs, I notice that like my pace is a lot more better because I'm trying to like, not necessarily in a competition, but I'm trying to like stay in the front the whole time or I'm trying to like make that pace. And so when I go on my personal runs, I'm like, yeah, like in my personal runs, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like now I notice like it's just improved. So that's really dope. Yeah, that's exactly um, what happened to me. I, I came and I was like, damn, this is like the fastest run I've ever had since running the marathon. Like mm -hmm. I should probably keep coming back here if I'm trying to be stronger, better, faster. And yeah. that also becomes a form of accountability because it's like, Again, to my original point in the very beginning of this conversation, like, if you're going to church, you kind of, like, have this sense of, like, oh, my God, like, people know I'm going to be there or this accountability factor. And so then it becomes, like, your church in a way. Like, you look forward to seeing these people in this community. So, you know, you make friends, you grow. It's something that's positive. So, you know, it's like after school for adults. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, no, yeah. for real. Yeah. Damn, I never looked at it like, oh, damn. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, Everyone that's, that's the word. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned it in our in the intro that, you know, you did you did a little bit or you still do a little bit of modeling. Like, tell me how, like, has there been an experience that has just, like, stood out for you when it comes to, like, modeling? And, like, how do you enjoy, like, doing any sort of modeling in general? Sure. Um, so as I mentioned, um... I was in school for uh, theater, especially mm -hmm. in high school. Um, you know, I started in middle school and I just kind of kept on that track because at that point, why not? Until I realized it gave me a lot of anxiety. But I've always had this, like, call it bizarre fascination with, like, celebrities. And I'm not saying I want to be famous, but just, like, understanding the world and avenues of how to even get there and what those industries are like. Mm -hmm. Um you know, like the Hollywood industry period for, for acting, like found it interesting, thought that was something for me until I realized the anxiety factor. And so at that point I was like, okay, well, if not theater and Hollywood and all of that, like what else is out there? And so that's when I turned to the fashion industry and it always had this allure for me as well, especially being like this awkward, lanky, tallest in my class thing um, that happens to most models. So, you know, your parents' friends are like, wow, you should model. You're so tall. You're so beautiful. Mm. And you kind of think it's like BS. But yeah. then I was getting older. I was like, damn, maybe I should do that. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of why I even went to FIT was to understand the industry properly um, mm -hmm. outside of just modeling and watching TV like America's Next Top Model. Um, and so... Yeah, for me, it was something that because I was at FIT, obviously, there were like design students. And so I kind of got involved on that side. But then, um, you know, some of them really blossomed into proper designers. And at that point, it kind of became like, I'll model for you if you ask me to, but I'm not exactly going to mm -hmm. seek it out. But as everybody's growing, it was like, I had a few like, aha, random one off fun moments where I was like, am I really about to pop off? Like, it's kind of crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. like, nobody would know, but, like, I think it was, like, back in 2017 or something, maybe 2019, where um, I got casted through the photographer who was a friend who was like, hey, right. like, 
we need legs for this Kith women's shoot for Air Max Day. And so they use my legs. You would never know it's me, but it's certainly my legs in like the Air Maxes for Kith. And like, yeah. that was super cool for me. And like yeah, the stylist, right. the stylist was somebody who like is a pretty popular stylist now, which for me is just like cool to have worked with her when she was so much younger, even though like mm. she probably doesn't even remember who I am. But for me, I'm just like, that mm. was awesome to have that like little moment with somebody that I, look up to in a way um and not you know downplaying myself but just like shout out to her for doing her thing and getting to where she is now um yeah. it's funny the running community you never really know who you'll meet but the only new york photo shoot that i did was also um something that happened because of people i met through the running community and then as you might have seen even like the on surfer uh release that we did with alumni of new york which is a local um chain here in new york that sells streetwear brands um doing that with rage and release it was kind of like a full circle moment of like damn like you can model and be fit and not have to have or fit into this like square of what a model should right. look like um and opening the door to i guess like modeling within just like uh like fitness modeling i should say um and mm -hmm. what avenue that can take me and um yeah hopefully more to come that way i mean i've also done some work with bandit but uh those are definitely my highlight moments of just like wow like it's interesting how things really work which really is like word of mouth and who you know and the connections so um i think all of that really showed me that it's it's true what they say like just be nice to everybody because you never know like what yeah, where, what or where that will get you Mm -hmm. wow. yeah. And so for you, when you're not running, like, what's uh, what's a typical day look like for you? Yeah, what do you like to do with your spare time? Love to oh, sleep, <laughs> catch up on some rest, eat, mm -hmm. um, trying new restaurants in the city, traveling. Um, for my birthday, I went to Thailand with my best friends. And so, um, you know, if you can, like culture is just so beautiful I, you have to get out there and see the world like i've met mm -hmm. people who've never traveled outside of the country and, or even like left new york and i'm like damn like your world is so different yeah. than mine mm -hmm. yeah but i mean like i i just love that and I'm, I'm totally not a person who's like ew like don't yuck my yum kind of vibe like i will go and try any kind of food mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I just, I love trying new, different things and exploring. I think it's gotten me to, like, where I've been right now by being open. Yeah. It, wow. Yeah, it makes you, like, a better rounded person when you can go other places and experience other things. It just makes you a better, yeah, better person. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of your favorite places to run at in New York? I mean, I love my backyard. Like, just... Queens, you really start to realize how small the city is um, mm -hmm. when you start running it. Like for me, it's only six miles, and I'm already at like the 59th Street Bridge, with which plops you into the Upper East Side of of Manhattan, and then from there, it's like another two miles, and you're in Central Park, and then you do a loop around Central Park, and you see so many different parts of the city too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you go down the Museum Mile, and then you go all the way up over like the Harlem Hill, and and you're in Harlem, which is a whole other world, back right. down and around. And yeah, I mean, also just like being able to see these beautiful parts of Brooklyn when we run with rage is super fun for me as well. 
um, like parts that I didn't even realize are as close and just like just small things like a beautiful house that you never knew existed. Like, mm -hmm. it's just so cool. And so this is like a personal question for me, and it's like a two-part question. So what are some what are some of your favorite brands in terms of like running shoes as well as like running gear that you personally like to wear? And then also, is there some brands out there that, you know, people like the audience at home should like look out for, like if they are a runner? Um, yeah, so I mean, I currently am an ambassador for Arc'teryx, and I think there's this big... Oh, shit. Bro. <laughs> yes, sir. God damn, I love Arcteryx. For trail oh, running. For trail running. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So, I mean, their gear is only getting better and better um, in terms of their run stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, there's also Solomon, which people wear, I know, like just casually, but they're really great shoes, again, for trail running. And they're also transitioning into road running. They just released mm -hmm. a race shoe, which I think I'm going to try. And see if it works out for the marathon. I don't think they have my size, so I'm trying to figure out what to do. Um, but those are some brands. I mean, everybody loves On Running, and then there's the classic Nike. Um, but I definitely think that there's other more niche brands that will definitely be um, on the rise. So I want to say, you know, the, a resurgence of Saucony, really mm -hmm. comfortable shoe mm -hmm. uh, it's actually my it has been my race shoe the uh endorphin pro max three i think that's what mm -hmm. it's called um or a Saucony pro three something like that i should i should have really mm -hmm. checked that before i said that <laughs> <laughs> one of those things um that's a really great shoe just to to get a good race in, um, you're always looking for something with a carbon plate just because it makes that rocking um, motion mm -hmm. a lot easier on your body, especially for that long. Um, but then there's brands like Normal and, um, gosh, who else? Who else is out there that I really like? I like District Vision a lot. District Vision is great, but they don't do shoes, but their gear is is great. Mm -hmm. Um, also Myler running, uh, my friend Ben owns it. I love that stuff because all of the seams are just a lot less bulky. Um, mm -hmm. so you chafe a lot less, um, mm -hmm. and the pocket systems, you need stuff with pockets, especially if you're running long, you want to have stuff that fits your phone and like gels and replenishment and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So you can just keep going and not like have to run into a store. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> about the pack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze it. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say for myself, I think the best experience I've had in terms of footwear when it comes to running, I would say would either would have to be Hoka as well as um um on running as well too. I think like, yeah. in terms of like from a com comfortable standpoint, like I think I've gotten like the best out of those particular models. Um now I wanna have of course, ask you one last question before we get you out of here. What are some goals for yourself that you want to accomplish before the end of the year? And also, what well, I should have said, this is a two-part question. What are some goals that you want to accomplish for the end of the year? But then also, are there any runs that you're planning on to run before the end of the year as well? 
Yeah, so I just got back from Spain, so I was looking forward to that, and I'm very happy it's over, only because I think it was um, keeping me back from my next and last race for the year, which is New York City Marathon. But um, when I was in Spain, I just did a trail marathon, and it was like the hardest race, quote-unquote, or perceived hardest race that I had signed mm. up for because of the elevation gain and just being so different mm. from New York that doesn't have that. Um you know, it's essentially a pretty flat city aside from the bridges, but um, the elevation gain just for perception and understanding for New York is about a thousand feet. And the race that I did in Spain was a marathon with an overall elevation gain of 10,000 feet. So it was like running oh, the wow. height of, of New York 10 times over. And so I was a little bit scared yeah. because I didn't like go to Colorado for altitude training or anything like that. Mm. And so I was really nervous about how mm. my body would react to that. Um, and then simultaneously, um, just kind of like being nervous about how I would feel after that race for New York, which is now like three weeks away. Um, mm. So it was a beautiful race. I finished in one piece. Clearly, I'm still here. I'm talking to you yeah. guys. I took it really slow. <laughs> and I, I, as soon as I started, I was like, you know what? I'm just here for the vibes and the views, which were absolutely stunning. It was bet, on a yeah. mountain that was like one of the highest summits in the Pyrenees Mountains, um, which is like pretty popular in the wintertime for skiing and stuff like that. And funny enough, mm. one of the eight stations was actually at the summit of the mountain. So, you know, I'm like eating casually with like beautiful grass and views all around me. Like, Oh damn, people yeah. here. <laughs> like yeah. I'm high up. Yeah. I was like, I've been yeah. high before, yeah. but I, this is the highest I've been like physically. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's um, but now I'm just like really trying to hone in and, and hopefully PR New York City Marathon because I did it last year and it just I've kind of fumbled. Um, it was really hot and I have been really hard on myself because obviously training for something that happens in November, you're training all summer. So I was kind of the hardo that was like, well, we trained all summer in 90 degrees, so that really shouldn't have affected me. But just kind of yeah. like didn't get my goal time and I know I can do it. So um looking forward to a PR. Yeah. Spin it back. Yeah. Spin it back. Here yeah, comes. run it back. Yeah. I'm up for blood. Uh, like, let's get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you um do you watch the show Seinfeld by chance? Are you of course. Do you like that show? Love that show. I always whenever Whenever I hear the New York Marathon, I think about that one episode of I think it was John Oh my God, Paul, where he kept Paul, missing. He comes and she, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, are we ruining? That's it? That's what I think about. Yeah, we won't ruin the episode. But <laughs> who's listening? Please go on Netflix and watch the marathon episode of Seinfeld yeah. for a good, good. laugh. Yeah. Damn. Well, Julia, I just want to say it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, it's just great to just hear your story in terms of how you evolved into where you are now in terms of running, as well as creatively as well. So it's really just a dope thing to discuss and also see. Um, so, yeah, we, on the behalf of both of us, we wish you all the best moving forward. Um, we wish you best of luck at the New York City Marathon and just all your future endeavors in general. So. Thank, thank you for coming so on. much to both of you. Um, if you're ever in, in town, please 
drop by rage, come for a run, come hang out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, come on. That's what we got this, man. Okay. Uh, there's age groups. That, let me finish on that note because I feel like a lot of people have this weird perception of rage that like we're ragers and like go like five mile, uh, five minute miles. Yeah. But like, no, that's totally not the case. We have pace yeah. groups. We're welcoming. We love seeing new faces. And so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, and then you can smoke a little joint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, smoke your joint. This is so All right. If you guys want me to. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. No, definitely. That'll definitely be a must. But yeah, no, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was definitely a pleasure. And uh, also, where can the people follow you as well? Yeah, um, follow me on Instagram, querida.julia. Um, I think a lot of people don't know how to pronounce that. So yeah, it, it means Dear Julia in Portuguese. So follow me there. My website's linked there. You can send me a DM, ask me any questions about running and modeling and whatever else, um, what I'm eating, because I'm definitely posting that, or where the hell I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to connect. So thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Vanity Ultra Podcast, and we are signing out. Peace.